You're listening to LaBeau's Life Lessons, where we believe that you can change if you truly want to. Listen and take notes from our dynamic host, LeBeau Colbert. You're sure to learn something you didn't know. Remember to follow and share this message with someone you love. Now, on to the show. Off of what she was saying, how she got started was through volunteering. That's how I also got started. I was the one person who would always say yes when everyone said no. And I volunteered my way into a lot of great rooms and a lot of rooms of greatness. And in that way, I was able to be mentored by people who usually aren't accessible unless and until you pay a lot of money. And because I just had this desire to learn and to help, that is what promoted me. And so, and, and that segue, segues into what Reg was um, alluding to, how we partner together is, um, of course, through working with the entrepreneurial uh, circle, the social entrepreneur circle, we want to also help with our marketing and sales systems and resources uh, as the company Lebo LLC. But we're also partnering um, with a new, not so new, but kind of relaunched program called um, ATS Angels. And what the, the high level objective is, is to simply give people a vehicle or a way for them to easily volunteer locally into the nonprofits that do the most good and need the most help. And so connecting you with those nonprofits, so those nonprofits get the support they need, while at the same time, you are also giving yourself an opportunity to sow into your community, uh, to get more connected and involved and in knowing what's going on with your community, meet some great people and learn. Um, it's just as a side note, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on in your community. It's easy to see what's wrong in our communities. And you look around and you say, who's doing anything about this? There are things that are happening in your community to address the issues going on around you. And the only way you'll know is if you'll get involved. And so when we launch Activate um, or at Advancing the Seed Angels, we are going to partner with some different test areas, the areas that need, or let's say have the least amount of volunteers. Um, there's been a lot of um, people backing out of volunteering, of course, because of the pandemic. Some people are aging out of volunteering. They're getting older and the younger people aren't as interested. And so there's kind of like a mini crisis that's going on in our country right now. And that's the reason why we want to get that started. And another thing that um, we do with Advancing the Seed is we also help with providing volunteers and also interns to support the work that's being done. And Corbin is an example of that. He came in as an intern and it helped him to get um, the mentorship that he needed and also some guidance. And he had some shifts as he spoke about. And so that's part of the work we're doing and we're very proud of. So we're gonna start with the slides. Today, I'm gonna talk about seven steps to lucrative social impact. So if you're the type of person 
who wants to make an impact, but you have no idea where to begin. Um, and if you did know where to begin, you don't know how in the world you would make it lucrative. How would you bring money into it? And let me tell you something. Um, I, I often say that I've been working with 15 entre uh, nonprofits over 15 years. I know that it's more and they all had the same problem. The, the nonprofits I started and the nonprofits that, you know, the people I worked with started, they all had an issue with money. Um, and so, you know, you see, if you walk, if you go down the street, you drive down the street, you're going to run into somebody holding a bucket or holding a sign, help us out. You know, we need funding for this little nonprofit or this little club or little group. And, you know, it's, it's just people doing the best they can with what they currently know and what they've seen. But we know in other environments where there's a lot more money, a lot more money is generated and they're not standing on the side of the street. They are doing it very strategically in very high, um, high income circles. And so um, you can plug into that and you can be a part of that and also um, find some other ways that consistently bring in earned revenue. So we'll talk about those things. I will do the best I can to go as fast as I can. I won't go into depth about everything. This is a high level discussion. I don't want the deer in headlights uh, effect either, but um, hopefully you take down the notes and this will give you like some direction for next year. Okay, um, let's go to the next slide. All right, so what is social impact and where can we do the most good next? All right, so don't just do good, be good at doing good. Uh, most people who decide to do good do so based on emotion and not on what's needed most and how to serve in, in the most impactful way. Being good at doing good requires you to shift your presuppositions about giving and most importantly about money. Why do you have to shift this? Is because bad thoughts about money um, prevent you from learning how to use it proper, properly and um, putting it to good work. Okay, so do you dream of being a philanthropist, being able to donate lump sums of money every year to worthy charities? I do. So if so, you have to change your views about money and learn how to use it wisely while at the same time putting it to good use, making the most impact dollar for dollar. Chasing money for the sake of it will lead to disappointment. And this is why the key to truly enjoying wealth is seeing it be put to good use. That's the key to life, okay? Um, so we have to first correct our views on money. These are some things you need to unlearn. Uh, people will pay that much. So don't think, oh, I can't charge this because people won't pay that much. Yes, they will. Uh, you don't need extra degrees. Now, in some cases you may, but in a lot of cases you do not. Um, not in the cases that I'm gonna talk about. You could become good at selling. I was one of those people who wasn't good at selling and I became good at selling. And then also you can be good at numbers, especially for the women who feel like they're not good at numbers. You can be good at numbers. So remember, money isn't evil. 
Okay, it's not, it's just a thing. So money can only do what it's told. It only exaggerates who you truly are. Okay, so financial wisdom is a must. How will you change the way you spend money in the future? That is a question you need to ask yourself before you go out seeking money for um, the work that you're trying to do. Learn to quit losing. Don't throw good money after bad. Learn to cut your losses early. Now, when I say that, I don't mean give up on your nonprofits and give up on your businesses. That's a, a you know, there's a self-sabotaging habit there. I used to be caught up in it. A lot of people I know have gone through it. Um, but when I say learn to quit losing, what I mean is if you are, if you found yourself in a bad position and you've lost a lot of money, it's time for you to evaluate what in the world you're doing. Maybe it's something that you need to learn. You need to, you know, take a break. You need to pause. You need to get around some new people. But you don't just keep throwing money at it for those who have that capability. Um, decide what's enough. Decide what's enough. Most of us, uh, we live in a world um, that is full of avarice. Everybody wants more and more and more. But here's something that you can do. Decide how much money is enough. And when resources exceed that limit, increase your giving, not your consumption. I love to hear those stories about the millionaires out there who live humble lives and, you know, they don't have extravagant lifestyles, but they're the most giving people or most charitable people um, in, in their circle. And so that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to give most of my money away and live on the least amount of money or the smallest percent of, of my money because I already have a good life, right? And so um, the best thing, the, the thing I aspire to is, is not living, um, not living like a squatter. I'm not talking about living like a monk, but I'm talking about making sure that the money is going to good use. All right, let's roll. All right. So I worked with a lot of, um, different organizations and here are some that were businesses that, were lucrative or can be lucrative for you, just for an example. For instance, I worked with the homeschool co-op and it was a small private school that catered to children with learning differences in, in the low income communities. So these kids were bullied at school. They were kids who had ADHD, autism, um, all types of issues. And they also came from poor communities. So of course their parents couldn't afford to give them the special attention that they needed. And the school system wasn't the best environment for dealing with it, especially in their neighborhood. So we had a private school that the kids would come and um, the parents paid a tuition and we were able to teach the kids a lot of things that they wouldn't get teach, taught in school, but give them the individual attention that they needed. Empowerment events. So there was once this, um, this monthly, it was a woman-focused monthly meetup panel featuring local experts with a pop-up for small business members. So just imagine it was a monthly meetup for women and every month they would have like three or four expert panels and it would be an audience these people would talk about different things. And um, while you're at the event, they would also have these different small business owner women with different booths that they were able to, you know, get patronized. So 
that was something lucrative for a lady that I knew. Uh, Faith-based coaching. So at one time, I used to be a Christian drug and marital counselor. Okay, I had my own practice for a few years in Fort Worth. And so that was something that could have been lucrative if I knew what I was doing. But um, that's a great way to be lucrative with doing good. I mean, you're directly, your clients are are the people who are suffering and you're helping to build families or strengthen families and to help people overcome strong addictions. So these are some examples on how you can use your skills and talents and do good in the world. Okay. So we're going to make believe. Uh, this is Jessica Do Good. All right. And so we're going to pretend Jessica has a big idea, and now we have to figure out how to turn it into a lucrative cause. So just some background that I made up about Jessica. Let's say she has a psychology major. She, she's a psychology major. Um, her skill sets are communication and leadership. Her passion is to help teen girls in poor nations obtain financial independence. She's crystal clear on what she wants. Uh, and let's say her, her resources is she owns a small organic bath soap company, okay? So how can we help Jessica uh, small business turn into a lucrative business that changes lives? Let's find out. Let's go to the next one. All right, step one, deep dive. Whose pain matters to you? On the, on the right side, I have pictures of little girls because Jessica's uh, focuses on young girls and helping them gain financial independence. So whose pain matters to you? There's a reason why someone's pain matters to you more than it does your neighbor. Those little girls matter to Jessica, to her, her friend Brittany or Sarah. They're not thinking about these little girls, but it's a part of Jessica's assignment. But there's a little bit of research that needs to be done anytime you decide you want to really make an impact. Number one, um, you have to decide which problem you'll focus on first. These people have lots of different problems. Which one will you focus on? If you try to focus on too many, you'll be ineffective. So you need uh, you can expand later, but focus on one thing. The next thing is, uh, once you found this problem, look into what is actually the root cause of the problems. Does Jessica know why these girls are experiencing financial issues and what are the, the root causes that's, that's resulting in this? She needs to find out because it's going to be different for each one of them. Once you found out the root cause, look into what is being done about it via charities, foundations, and missions. So are there other charities and missions that are also looking into how to fix this? What are they doing? Are they doing something right? Is it working? Is it getting to the right people? You need to find out. Research these efforts. What do the beneficiaries feel about it? Where are the flaws? What's the satisfaction level of the community and their feedback? Which org organization is answering those problems effectively and measuring their impact? And if there's no effective solutions, see how you can utilize your skills to supplement and, um, and then comes the testing. So after you've gone through all of this R&D, research and development, you have to look at, okay, now that you fully understand what's really going on, how can you take what you know and leverage it to serve? And then let's say for a good year, you're testing out 
little by little. Okay. All right. Go to the next one. Step two, build it. What can we leverage to serve versus earn? Serve versus earn. Okay. Uh, create frameworks and phases in your strategy. Phases are important. Okay. In the first year or so, you're just testing. Find ways to incorporate earn revenue models by selling your knowledge, skills, products, or services. Each offer directly impacting or benefiting your cause. Seek out resources that aid you as you're building the foundation. When I said each offer directly impacting, meaning there's a lot of little tasks that you could come up with. What directly impacts your goal? They're not all going to lead you to the desired result. And this is how you have to make sure you don't just get yourself busy, but you're not making progress, okay? It has to be a direct correlation. Let's look at Jessica's tool, tools and how they can be used. Jessica's background is she's a psychology major. Let's say she's, you know, master's degree psychology. She can, um, that can be used in several ways with earning in part uh, support for the organization. So she could set up a counseling practice. Um, she could start a group, a coaching group. There's a lot of different things she can do with a psychology major. She can go into business and then she could set aside a portion of her money to donate towards the organization. Now, let's say there is an organization that is addressing the issue that Jessica wants to impact. She can just give to that organization. She doesn't have to start a nonprofit of her own, like Reginie was saying. She could just partner with somebody else. Uh, her skill sets are communication and leadership. So what she can do is create a consultation business that in part funds the organizations. She can also use that communication and leadership capability to mentor these girls she wants to help. She can do monthly mentorship or weekly if she wants to. Her resources that she has a small organic bath soap company. And this can be made by the girls in her program and then sold for revenue to pay each girl and fund the organization. So the for me, if I was talking to Jessica and she was my real client, the first thing I would have thought of, number one, is why doesn't she have the girls create the soap? She sends the, the supplies. She gives the instructions. They create the soap. And she could say, oh, this soap is made from handmade from a girl in India. Every time you buy this soap, 50% um, of it goes to directly to her and helps her family. And the other 50% goes to making sure she has the supplies. You know, that's the first thing I would have thought. So um, this is how you can easily leverage something like that. Let's go back to the number two again and uh, make that big. So um, your thoughts control your life, not other people. This morning, a girl reached out to me and she said, um, I love everything that you're saying, but what about me? I live in a place where the everything around me makes it impossible, impossible for me to do what I want to do. And first of all, there's nothing impossible with God. And I, and I talked to her about that. But you have to stop thinking that other people control your life. Right. Because 90 percent of what's controlling our lives is our decisions It's actually very little that people are doing to us. It's a mindset shift. You have to create your life. Don't wait for it to find you. Don't wait for that 
mysterious person who's going to walk through the door and change your life. You have to be that person. And then you can be that person for somebody else and create the happiness. Don't just take it. This is the thing. A lot of people come into this world in their lives. They want someone to overdose them with happiness. But what we're talking about in being purposeful is we want to give happiness, not just take it from the world. Right. So these are just I'm going to be giving you little um, things to keep in mind as we go. Number three. All right. So after you've done those things, you have to identify your mentors. You've done your research. And I and I tell you, please don't approach a mentor until you've done your research. Know what you're talking about. Know exactly what you need before you even approach them. So identify your mentors. Who has done what you're trying to do? And how can you entice them to mentor you? Never go to a mentor empty-handed. You have something to offer. Put it on the table. Even if it's not a lot of money, if there's something that you have that you can give to sow into them for sowing into you, it's better than just saying, hey, I, I need your services or I want to learn from you. Can you mentor me? Yeah, but you have a whole business or you have something else and, and you, it hasn't even occurred to you to give that mentor something else or give them something back. OK, so um, keep those things in mind. Why do you need a mentor? Your mentors will connect you to people you have no connection to. They will correct you when you don't need when you don't know you need correcting. Um, they will promote you in only a way they can. They will guide you when you need guidance. But remember, a mentor isn't your friend. Your friend wants you to be happy at all times. Your mentor cares more about your success than your happiness. So as you as you're going through this finding a mentor, remember your thoughts. Oh, I already went to that one. All right, so let's go to the next one. Those are the same quotes from the last one, <laughs> but I have more. Um, but remember, defeat is a great teacher. Defeat is a great teacher. You're going to stumble along the way. It doesn't mean give up, okay? Um, a lot of great ideas, beautiful great ideas, and I mean businesses and nonprofits, they fail because of the founder and not because the idea is great, isn't great, right? Um, that's where you learn. It's not, that's not where you stop. So I wish I would have told myself that a long time ago. If you think you can't, you can't. So you have to stop that thinking. Oh, well, this is something that happens for other people and, and they can do it, but that would never happen to me. If you think that way, that's the truth, okay? You only have one life to live. You have to act like it, okay? I don't know. The kids don't say YOLO anymore, but um, you have to act like you're, you're only living one life. So you have to make your life count. Um, so number four is going to be tweaking and perfecting your strategies and models. So as I know it sounds, for some people that are very, very impatient, which is most of us, um, taking a year, just testing everything out, it seems like, mm, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to, I want to make an impact now. If you're like me and I used to be, I was super on fire and overzealous. Um, do it wisely. If you really care about it, take your time so you can do it right. Create a, a value proposition to test your ideas. Make sure that you're documenting and gaining feedback as you go. You don't want to be a delusional founder. 
where none of the research, none of the advice matters, nothing anybody sent, your mentor's advice doesn't matter. And you're just like, I know this is a great idea and I'm not giving up. Not, I'm, no one's going to tell you to just give up, but you need to adjust, right? There are some things that you need to get feedback on. Here are these things. How is the program working for the girls, Jessica? Is it really helping their situation? What problems is your solution causing? Do you know that your solution can cause a problem? Um, where are your organizational gaps? Uh, how efficient are your systems? Are the customers happy? Uh, what are their complaints? And how do you plan to address your pipeline, your turnover, your financial burdens, et cetera? You have to ask yourself these questions. Um, that is your responsibility, it's not your mentor's responsibility. So this is just a few of the many questions you'll have to ask yourself throughout this process. Step five. Go to step five, there you go. All right, hiring help. Do you know who you need? Everybody needs help, but do you know who you need? Um, Everybody, like, I remember in the beginning when I used to try to recruit people to help to do things they didn't even know. I didn't even know what I was asking them to do. I just wanted a board because I was told I needed to have one. I, I wanted um, just members, didn't know what I was offering. Like you can't operate like that. That's chaos. No matter, <laughs> no matter how good your intentions are, you don't want to bring people into chaos. You have to put them in a garden, okay? You have to make sure that you have a good foundation laid. That's why you have to test. Why bring people in to chaos where you don't know what's going on? And then, you, you know, they'll want to leave. They'll get sour on it and want to leave and never come back. So remember, your mentors can't do the work for you and you can't do it alone. Don't expect your mentor to do the work for you, okay? So here are some, some um, websites you can go to to find some help. Volunteer Match, Catch a Fire, Handshake for interns. And also there's virtual assistants that are very affordable to help you get started. But you have to be willing to invest and you have to have something and some order in place before you bring these volunteers in and they don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. Okay, don't do that to anybody. Are you aware of your ignorance? Because you have to know what you don't know. That's why you bring people in who are smarter than you. Okay, you can't be the smartest person in your organization. You have to leverage other people's uh, knowledgeability. Adjust your steps, not your goals, right? Adjust your steps. So you're going to have to adjust and relaunch and adjust and rebrand and as you're learning, all of those things are start, gonna start shifting, but you're getting sharper. Every year you'll get more and more sharp and every mile starts with one step. So don't worry that, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I, you know, I don't have all of this cool stuff that everybody else has. You have to start somewhere. The point is that you're progressing. It's not about starting with everything. Most people don't start with everything, okay? All right, step six. So this is gonna take longer, but it's very necessary. Build relationships. Are, your, are you networking within circles that contain potential partners? 
Okay. For those of you who, you know, your homebodies, you don't like to go out to this business networking stuff, you don't like people that much, uh, you have social anxiety, um, do whatever it is you need for yourself so that you can become that type of person that can be around and socialize and, you know, get what you need done, okay? Um, I, I heard a story that said Oprah, whenever she goes, whenever, when she was coming up, she would go into a room and a social event and she would only talk to the most important people there and nobody else. Everybody hated her for this, but it's because she did that, that she was able to make friends with the most important people and leverage those relationships into the next door and into the next level of her life. And now Oprah has a name that can launch anybody's brand, okay? So whether you wanna follow that path or not, you have to understand that time is gold. If you wanna to go to a social event just to have some beers and cocktails and just talk to anybody, you can do that if you're looking for friends. But if you're looking for purpose, you have to keep that in mind. You have to establish relationships and the reputation you need to become an authoritative voice utilizing your resources and skill sets. So leverage what you have, connect with these people because they're gonna be, these purposeful people, they also wanna connect with impactful people as well. You have to present yourself that way. Um, you know, I'm not saying that you have to have a suit and tie everywhere you go, but you also have to make sure that you are positioning yourself as a person to be taken seriously. Now, if you don't know anything about how to do all this stuff, you need to read. Reading is your advantage over those who don't. A lot of people don't read and that's the problem. They don't like to read and reading is the key to, um, to basically accessing these different spaces because you won't even think on that level to take advantage of these things. Uh, don't believe everything you read, but you need to read. Unhappy people live in the past or the future, but never in the present. You cannot, as you're on this journey, think about uh, your past life and trying to recapture things in the past or thinking about all the things that you want to become. And it's so to the point where this present is unhappy for you. An unfocused mind like that, you can't be impactful, okay? And an unhappy mind can't be impactful. This season right now, this building, even if you're not where you want to be, thinking about this in a destination mindset, it's the happiness that you have within um, that you have to find in pockets of every day to keep you moving forward. And because if you start getting into this and you just start feeling drained and depressed, I know what that's like. You'll just drop everything and walk away from everything. And I, I've done that before. And that's not the way to go. You have to learn how to be happy in your now. And trying is what makes you grow. Difficulty is the path. There's a great book that I love called uh, um, It's Not Ego, It's the Enemy. It is. The Obstacle is the Way. The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I love that book and I recommend it to you. Remember that on this journey, you also are a part of the mission. 
what happens inside of you, the person that you become, and that is part of the journey. I'm becoming someone, it's a transformation. Even if I never grew to have millions or billions of dollars, what God has done in me is a miracle. And the people who are around me, who know my background, they know it. And so make sure that you remember that as you're going. It's not about the materials. It's not even about how much money you're, you end up bringing in. Who have you become? What are you becoming? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Finally, number seven. After you've started going through this, I would think that it takes a good year and a half, good two years, maybe even three to get to step seven, because if you're really, um, you can be making an impact. Remember, I said, start with your VP. So you're, you're already doing it. And Jessica is already making an impact in these girls' lives. It may not be as grand as she wants it to be, but this is her, her learning stage. Um, but once you get to number seven, it's time to start thinking about, okay, now I have a solid foundation. I have the help. I have the mentors. I have the strategy. I have something going. We're working and we're, we're getting effective here. Now start looking at bringing on some investors or getting some grants for this, okay? Um, some of the ways you can do that is join a grant funding site. Find a grant writer that's willing to work with you. Find circles of local angel investors. Every city has them. Learn what it takes to become ready for these investments. Um, there's books about all of this stuff. And I have a good book. I have to remember what it was. But um, there's books that can help explain that whole deal to you. Create financial strategies around how the money will be used and grow the funds that keep the organization going. So it's not enough just to bring in the money. You have to get beyond that. How will you put that money to work so that it can make more? And uh, some things to remember is, you know, happiness is what you can tolerate. So everybody is tolerating something and everybody has baggage in their life. Happiness is about learning how to tolerate your life, change what you need to change, but you'll never live a perfect life where everything is going right all the time. So don't look at this mission as, okay, if I do this, then I'll be happy with myself. Don't make it about you in that way. Make it about the work that you're doing. Get out of that ego of what it's going to give you, but you will definitely get something out of it, but you have to keep the focus, the focus. Stop desiring a future that will never that you will never have and to be a person you will never be. How can you be impactful and, and be a world changer if you're steady focused in being envious on other people? If you the, this would be a tragedy, okay? If you have something good in your heart and God has enabled you to get on a path to do it. And then you get sidetracked by the glitz and glam of what everybody else has over here and over there. Okay. Um, don't let that derail you. And doing these things, you will attract wealth. You will get into a better position. You will get promoted because God loves you too. I had to tell a girl that this morning. God loves you too. So you will get those things, but you can't get focused on becoming somebody else. And then um, words mean nothing without experience. So 
I like to say nowadays, we're either going to talk about great things or we're going to do them. In doing them, we need experience. This is what it's all about. Talking is talk is cheap. And talking about all the great things we want to do and all the great intentions that we have is wonderful. But you have to get your hands dirty. You're going to have to learn. Um, and then as you learn, there's going to be wisdom and understanding that comes from this. We're giving you steps. These are how to's, but it's not giving you the wisdom and understanding that's going to come through experience. This is a journey. So look at it that way. This is not a fast track to anything. This is a journey to uh, understanding yourself, your worth, and doing good while you're doing it. All right. I believe that's my last slide. Oh, my last slide is, you will be remembered for the problems you've solved. You will be remembered for the problems you have solved in life. You want to solve big problems, then you're going to have to start thinking in a whole new level. Your good intentions are is not great work. You have to actually do it. And to do great work, um, you, you have to get around greatness. You have to practice greatness. And there's a big transformation that has to happen inside of you. Um, and you have to decide what do you want to be remembered for? There's things that you're good at, like we talked about on the first day. But what do you want to be remembered for? You are in control of that. You are not that person, but you can become that person. All right, that's all I have today. Um, make sure that you guys t uh, look over these notes. Sometimes I like to listen to things a couple of times so it can get inside of me. You might have to listen to this maybe two or three times, but let it get inside of you and start working towards 